welcome back to the Nerd Nest Podcast. I'm Bill. We've got Carrie, Russ, and Rich here today. Uh, we, I wanted to start off today by talking about um, the PC is just right now. It's in its heyday, I feel like. it's it's Everything is coming up aces or everything's coming up millhouse, millhouse. I guess, for the PC. <laughs> um, it's, it's really a good time to be a, be a PC gamer. And uh, Rich, you put this this uh, headline topic into our show notes uh, about uh, Sony making this this announcement. You wanna you wanna hit that real quick? Yeah. So this is Sony's announcement. Well, Sony um, said a few things, but one of the things that they said was they want to get more aggressive with their multi platform releases. Um, I know that there was some talk about whether or not that also meant Xbox and Switch, like Xbox coming over to PlayStation and Switch. But it seemed like, you know, this was pretty clearly about the PC, maybe mobile as well. Uh, there's, you know, talk about just especially with the success of Helldivers 2 um, now reaching 300K concurrent users that they just want to get more aggressive with their with their PC releases and perhaps seeing more day and date releases. So as far as like games as a service games like Helldivers 2, to me, it makes total sense for them to do day and date. But I, I don't see Sony actually doing day and date releases for like single player games. But uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about, and by the time you guys see this, I'll have a video that, that comes out yesterday or the day before uh, talking about this. I feel like they need to take the lag time from when it releases on PlayStation to when it releases on PC and get it a lot a lot closer. Mm-hmm. And right now what I, I feel like Sony does is they wait until they've got a sequel coming and then they're like, all right, now let's release the first one because that'll generate right. interest in the second one, which is exclusive to PlayStation but I think yeah. what they should do instead is just watch sales numbers. And as soon as sales numbers start to dip, uh, pull that trigger. And I'm curious what everybody thinks is a good lag time. So, Carrie, how long do you think they should wait for those those games that aren't gas games, as you say, the games as a service? How long do you think is a good lag time? Oh, boy. Uh, so, I, all right, I'm of the belief that Let's let hypothetically in this situation is Sony spending money again for another marketing round or are they not marketing it for mm. the PC release like they normally have been? That's because a really they, good question. If they're not going to market it, then they should release day and date because the marketing money is already spent for that particular game. There's also FOMO going on and people don't want to miss out. There's lots of things for reasons why you would want to have PC day and date for Sony, all of their first party stuff. If they're not going to be spending the marketing dollars on, you know, doing up for the PC release for what it's worth, the types of stuff like when Horizon first came out, like their first big splash that sold reasonably well. But you look at the sales of them, they kind of like were trickling down uh, as they're going out. But it's like a blog post would get written about it. And it's a weird thing. Like, I, I almost feel like they anticipate PC players to just do all the work for them to like sell the game right Uh, so that's the question right like in this hypothetical situation are they going to be spending marketing dollars to reignite the the engine to like even a bit i'm not saying they have to do the same amount as ps5 but at least like have you know a bit more than what they're doing 
have some more presence in state of play. Um, those types of things. They they need to get it on uh, get it out on the radar a bit more. But I don't know. It's um, it, that's the thing. I having said that, you know, waiting for the sequel and all the other stuff. It's a strategic way that they're they're going about it right now because they're very cautious about uh, cannibalizing their PS5 stuff because they still right. want PS5 to do well, and it's a tricky way to navigate. And I and I I can appreciate every way that they're they're going through it. And if they want to be serious about it and they want to stagger releases, that's fine. But I think that they should embrace marketing a bit more on the second stage um, because the games aren't like Rockstar, like when. Grand Theft Auto Five comes out to PC. That's just gonna sell. Like PC people, yeah. are like ah, just give it to me. And Red Dead Redemption Two, they're just gonna be like, yeah, okay, we'll 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 do that. But those are like, those are outrageous single player games, right? They continue to sell. GTA Five just keeps selling, even though it's like twenty years old. Uh, <laughs> it just, you know, what I mean, it's like that has like unreasonable staying power. So that's yeah. where I am. That's my thoughts. I think that's a good thought, especially around the marketing for me. Um, like I, 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 you know, I spoke a lot last week about keeping the identity of the consoles, but I think if they just allocated more budget towards marketing on the PC release, and what that makes me think of is uh, Nintendo releasing all their Wii U games to the Switch. Like all of those games seem to have like a serious marketing budget behind them, whether it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, mm-hmm. Super Smash, like all of those games had real marketing put towards them when they came to the switch to release and so yeah sony did the same thing for a pc release i think that'd be a big deal i think nintendo also has that advantage that they could drop a you know a a a, a bundle that includes yeah. mario kart 8 or you know that includes th- those remakes and for a lot of people those weren't remakes I know that they right. were remakes, but for like the Nintendo, the the Wii U, as awesome as it was, only sold 14.7 million units worldwide right. for its entire lifetime. Nobody played that thing. Uh, so for a lot of people, those those were brand new games, whether and they like the I mean, it was the switch. It's a pretty it's a low end tablet. So mm-hmm. even the games from the Wii U still looked pretty good. Um, yep. the Nintendo Switch. Um, I don't know if Sony could do that for PC, but I love that. That's that the marketing side of it is something that I never occurred to me. And for those of you that don't know, typically when you hear about the budget of a game, that does not include marketing. Marketing is above and beyond that, almost usually like double. So if they spent right. $200 million on a game then they spent 400 million on the game because another 200 uh, million on marketing. Russ, the accounting what, on yeah. Real quick, the accounting on that does get fuzzy with PC ports if the budget of a game is 200 million and then you spend another 200 million on marketing, but maybe the port only costs 30 million to make. So which number do you pick for marketing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I would be Russ, fine just... with 30 million on budget. Sorry. Yeah. Just want to say which is better yeah. than 0. Correct. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What were we going to say, Bill? I was going to ask you to say something because we keep I talking over you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So, uh, so one, 
I think that they Sony still needs to do something on the user end better, and that's the cross save and cross play. Uh, cross play really doesn't bother me that much, just because a lot of the Sony games I want to play on PC are the ones that are going to be offline anyway. But yep. cross save is a huge thing. I've bought so many games on the PS4, PS5, and then rebought them on Steam only to like just kind of have the wind come out of those sales because I'm like I, got, I don't want to play another 20 hours to get back to where I was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's one thing that they really need to do just as a service is to kind of think about the user's perspective from that reason and i don't know if it's a day and date release if that cross save is going to be that big of a deal but if there's a gap at all uh, and they're really trying to make sure people are buying maybe even buying the game again then that cross save thing i think it's a big deal and so yeah there's a lot of um uh, like a lot of convenience of having the PC version of a game, just in the sense that, you know, you can play it on the Steam Deck, you can play it on whatever, yeah. right? Uh, but that cross-save thing is just that one little extra step that I really hope that they they tackle at some point. And so I know we're getting cross-play with Helldivers 2, right? And so they're working on something. Uh, I just don't know uh, the cross-save thing is a big deal for me. Well, yep. okay, so first off, uh, we'll talk more about Helldivers 2 in a little bit because um, other people have been playing it. But Helldivers 2 has cross-play, but when you're talking about cross-play, it's like you, you can play with other people, but does it have the ability to party with people who are on the other platform? Does any of, Do any of you guys know that? Because I haven't tried that yet. No, no idea. Everybody's shaking their head no. Yeah. Okay, Actually, so... Go ahead. Not not a Sony game, but it was a Sony exclusive on consoles. Street Fighter has that, right? But that's a lot different. It's a 1v1 game. So I, I well, can't. Well, not just and, that, but even Street Fighter has, you generate an ID. So, like, you have a yes. Street Fighter ID. And yes. I think that Helldivers has a friend code system. I just haven't used it yet. If you guys in the comment section know the answer to this question, please let me know. I, I should have thought about that before the show. But it yes. did. But that game did launch without cross save because we were talking to to Jimmy uh, last week, and he bought right. it twice. He bought it on PlayStation. He bought it on PC, and now he effectively has two accounts, which mm-hmm. is a nightmare because one right. of those accounts is going to just get erased. Yeah, you know what I mean. There so, has yeah. been data mining that indicates there is a PlayStation launcher on the way or at least they've been yes. working on it right yeah mm-hmm. so maybe that's where we'll see more of that cross play cross save yeah go ahead i'm Karen. gonna speak from like my own personal experience i think that like you had said like the data mining for the playstation launcher i think that would be like critical like i mean like really I big and the reason i'm gonna say that is i played god of war on my ps4 pro yeah. And when I got it on Steam, I was going through the beginnings again, and I lost all steam of playing it. Like I just like I was like, ah, I don't want to play this again. I I have my yep. save on PS4, but I didn't right. complete God of War. Like I just beat yeah. the game, but there's still a bunch more to do in God of War. So if I could have carried over my save on Steam Deck from my PlayStation save and like continued playing and beating part of the games that I the 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 second half of the game, the plus plus game. That would be pretty huge. And I yeah. I don't know if they would do it, but I think that there would be a lot of value if the PlayStation launcher also allowed people to unlock trophies on yes. the PC side. Oh, yeah, that I would think, be really cool. I mean, I wouldn't care, but that would be cool for a lot of people. I think there's a Agreed. lot of people that would, at that point, almost 
embrace PC as a like a side PlayStation because they know that whatever they're doing is going to transfer between those things. And I think that's that's a really critical part that would in it of itself, like if they just spend money, like they're like, ah, oh, we have our marketing mm-hmm. money for thirty million on marketing. Should we put that to PlayStation Launcher? Like put it on PlayStation Launcher. I think that's a better use of funds than yeah. trying to like market. Yeah, the that would be big. I have to agree with Russ on that. That would be huge. So yeah. I I played Last of Us Two Remastered over this past week a bit, and you know it's a PS5 game, and I beat Last of Us Two on PS4. When I booted up PS5, they were like, hey, did you play on PS4? I'm like, yeah. And so they're like, let me check. And they like, check my account. They're like, sure enough, here are all your trophies. Here's your save game. Like, you want to start with New Game Plus? And I'm like, absolutely. And that was amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I had all of that experience of an upgrade. uh, And I don't think that was Sony. That was Naughty Dog. But still, super cool that they had that all set up. And that's a very user-friendly experience. That, That endeared me even more to Naughty Dog and just PlayStation in general. And I want more of that. I ran into a very like I was playing uh, Final Fantasy VII remake this week because I was trying I, I finished it which is something I never do nice uh, but I was like I wanted to finish it before the new before Rebirth came out which I think is next week so I sat down and I, I started last week and I was in the very early stages of the game just like you I had bought that game on PS4. And just like you, it's like, hey, do you want to use your old save? And I said, yeah, I don't want to use my old save because not because I really love the beginning of the game. I'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, but because I want to relearn how to play because I, mm-hmm. I didn't remember stuff. So I started over and I uh, played through, played a bunch, ended up finishing it. But I had also purchased it, uh, I don't know, like four months ago on the Steam Deck and I ended up not playing it on the Steam Deck because I couldn't transfer my save over mm-hmm. to the Steam Deck. Yeah. And I love the idea of being able to have that that save be a portable thing, which is something yeah. Phil Spencer talked about at length on the Xbox thing, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Um, I don't know that I want it to be a PlayStation launcher, though. I would prefer them to just say, hey, let's let me tie my steam account to my playstation account the same way that you can with like discord and twitch and whatever else you you know what i mean because another launcher might mean that you can't play it on deck so uh well uh they support the epic launcher right so like when you like for returnal right returnal is a playstation game but because of epic you need the epic launcher as a prerequisite to install and it'll install on steam deck and it's it's not great the one thing that I would say that would be great about having a PlayStation launcher in general is there is no real nice way on PC to just look at your trophies. Like you go into the website and like trying to sort by them. There is no nice user interface. So just having a PlayStation launcher as a means of like interacting with your own account is something that I would find valuable just by itself. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, I find it to be like there's like a, a, a lot of nice aspects to it that um, would just be I don't know what the right word is, but it's like value added service uh, yeah. for PlayStation as, yeah. a, as a thing. Their their app on the phone is pretty good. I wish they would it's just really turn that good. into a Web page, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Right. Yeah. So that that's the type of stuff that I mean, um, but on PC. Right. But like so you could also yeah. it it knows if a game is being played and if a. Steam machine even goes off and goes, oh, you got that trophy. And it goes, boop. Yeah. And then 
hmm. kicks over. I think all of that would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. But the whole idea of bringing more PlayStation games to the PC, I feel like the the idea of exclusives are they're over. Like, is the era of exclusives without Nintendo? Um, is that over? Hmm. Anybody? Do we think do do we think that the Xbox um, showcase or podcast went further in that direction or went less like did not go as far in that direction? Like we were pretty gung ho, especially me, right? Like last week on where we were headed, um, and I still think that Xbox more so than PlayStation is headed that way. But I think that not to go too far ahead, right? But like they. Microsoft checked a lot of the bot the boxes that were asked of them in that podcast, I think, with mm-hmm. regard to the criteria of what was going to be ported, the the commitment to hardware and the commitment to the digital library. So I don't know. I know that like PC is this place where, you know, you get all the Microsoft games, but I still see exclusives as a thing. Um, it's just maybe the maybe the idea around it will change, right? So like a big thing there was exclusives day and date on game pass, right? Like game pass is the platform. He continues to push that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the concept changes, but I don't, I don't think that they can, I don't think Microsoft and Sony can just really put every game on the other play on the other manufacturer's platform. And I wasn't still have... saying that I was saying okay. PC, like PC, PC it gets everything so yes. yeah. are there really exclusives yes. anymore yeah so the because way, yeah, when the way they I... do their big announcements they say they might say console exclusive right. but mm-hmm. most games aren't console exclusives anymore almost all of them end up on pc what were you going to say carrie i'll let Resco first i was just going to say that i'm treating pc like switzerland like it doesn't really count, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's great, everything's coming there. It's not part of the war, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the exclusive to me means preventing the other company from getting it on their platform. And I think Xbox is kind of going in that opposite route. But I think as long as there's something you can't play on Xbox and you can't on PS5, it's still an exclusive. And PC so is just kind of Hell in the middle. Is an exclusive. Yeah, because okay. you can't play it on Xbox, right? And yeah, so fair. yeah, it's uh, it's an exclusive. So. Yeah. Uh, there's two things that uh, uh, I want to say is that, yes, exclusives insofar as them being singularly on a single platform, not console and PC, right? Like you can only play it on one thing outside of Nintendo is PC. There's still PC exclusives that happen exclusively on PC. So, yeah, exclusives still will happen. They'll just be on PC only. Having right. said that, um, when we uh, – Russ, you just said it and it just popped out of my head. Uh, Uh-oh. Oh no, Switzerland! Yeah, Switzerland, <laughs> the war, apple bottom <laughs> jeans. <laughs> that is um, hilarious. Oh goodness! Well, well, we'll we'll go on. Yeah, I, I'll say that I think that Nintendo, right? Like being that shoehorn in this is still really interesting, right? Like now they now there's reports that they're not bringing out the switch to until early 2025 yeah <laughs> which is ridiculous but nonetheless right like they're still coming out with like a new game almost every month and these are games that you can't find anywhere um and so 
I, I think that Sony and Microsoft won't ignore that too, right? Like they want to be able to build that identity as well. Um, well, I would say that PC again is winning because you can mm-hmm. play Switch games on PC. So, <laughs> yeah, and I feel like the longer they take to release the Switch too, the like closer it'll be to emulatable on the PC. Right. Oh, right. I yeah, know, like Steam yeah. Deck Two is going to come out, like you know, a year after the Switch. It's like I can emulate Switch Two. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, I did remember what I wanted to say. Uh, go for it. Really quick. This is about platforms, right? If PlayStation is a platform. Uh, and Game Pass is a platform, and it's not so much dependent on the box anymore. That's you, you, That was the big thing, the big takeaway that they got from the podcast was they were uh, referencing Roblox and Fortnite, which themselves are their own platforms. And Game Pass is a platform, which is probably why we're never going to see Game Pass on Steam, uh, because then that would be uh, the losing the exclusivity of Game Pass, right? Yes. Like it, Game Pass is Game Pass. Um, so I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting thing to to think about. I do want to quickly mention, really sorry, Nintendo. Uh, I, they're coming out in March 2025, right? It's like if they come out with March 17th again, roundabouts, right, uh, like the Switch one did, is that uh, Nintendo could once again have the same type of thing that they got, but in a better situation where Breath of the Wild was for Wii U and the Switch at the same date. Instead, they can have multiple like launch titles for the Switch 2 that looks better on the Switch 2, but is also still compatible with Switch 1. And people can buy the once one game that they know is going to be forward compatible with the Switch 2. I think it's going to be a big thing for Nintendo, even though I think overall it's not great timing. Yeah, Mar- I definitely March want to talk be more. Say, say that again, Russ. I'd say March 10th would be better, you know, Mario Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say uh, we're going to talk more about Nintendo later on in the show. Um, one thing that you mentioned, Carrie, is, you know, no Game Pass on Steam. They said it. They said, they said there's, they, they said Xbox is a platform and Game Pass. They said we have three things that we want to make sure that our core customers understand. Um, all of our games, because we're also a publisher and a platform, all of our games come to Xbox. All of our games do day one on Game Pass with an asterisk because it's not really on day one unless you pay for it, which is the nonsense. I'm not going to get into that. And then the third thing that they said, Game Pass is only on Xbox. Like they sp- they spelled it out and said exactly those words. Game Pass is only on Xbox. I don't think there's any chance it ever comes to Steam Deck or Val or or any like Steam after they yeah. said that. You know what I mean? Which yeah, and I think that makes sense. I think what's interesting too is that Phil was not willing to say, you know, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, Indiana Jones or Starfield would never <laughs> come to PlayStation, right? Like he was not willing to draw that line, which right. I find uh, endearing of him, right? Like I, I think a lot of people don't like that wishy-washiness, but I like that he's really honest about that. But my point is, he wasn't willing to draw that line, but he drew the line that you're describing here, right? With Game Pass and Xbox, and so that that does make it pretty clear to me, right? Like this is not coming to Steam. They don't have any plans for it, and so we, we should kind of give up on that hope for now, um, because yeah, it's it doesn't seem like it's happening. And that's something people have been asking for ever since the Steam Deck came out. It's been yeah. nonstop. Wouldn't it be nice what if you had Game Pass on the Steam Deck? Like, people are always saying that. And I guarantee that we're going to see, like, there's probably already out there tweets and comments about people saying, well, fine, I didn't want Game Pass on Steam anyway. 
And they're the same people that have been, that have been asking for it because it is a really good deal. When yep. you look at it, it's a it's a ridiculously good deal. But I was really disappointed that they said they said no, and now I'm sad. But that's okay. I'll just play them <laughs> on my Xbox, I guess. So yep. they win. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Let's move on and talk about the games that we've been uh, playing this week. Um, Rich, start us off because I I've heard of Astalon, but I don't know anything about it. So I want to hear I want to hear what this game is. Okay, in, in the Discord, I called Astalon the best Zelda 2 game, but that's also kind of selling it short because Zelda 2 is probably the worst Zelda 2 game out there, right? <laughs> like, if you've all heard of, like, Shantae or um, Wonder Boy, is it called Wonder Boy? The Dragon's Trap, like that game? Yeah, you know? I don't know that one. Yeah, the so one where you're a shapeshifter or whatever? Yes, so there are yeah. these, like, proto-Metroidvania games, right? Like, there are 2D platformers that came out before metroidvanias were really a thing um and they had this like you know exploration somewhat backtracking aspect to them and astalon is like that there's some sort of like roguelite element to it where you're doing these runs kind of deal but you play between three different characters and these three characters have three different traits like one of them jumps higher and can kind of do a double jump well really more of like a wall jump Um, another one can shoot projectiles that go through walls so that can help you know get a switch that may be on the other side of a wall and then there's another one that can do melee so they're the only ones that can cut certain barriers things like that and so you just go through exploring this uh like world uh in 2d it's pixel art nes style and it it's fun to break down those puzzles but also it's just a really good looking game if you like that sort of chunky pixel art game I'm, I tried to search for it on my Steam Deck while you were talking about it because it sounds cool. A S T A L O N. Pretty sure, yes. Nothing came up. Tales of the Earth. Earth. Did you find I it? I will have to look it up later. Carrie, is it Astlon Tales of the Earth? Te- Tears of the Earth. Oh, that's right. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It looks cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. it that it's sounds really simple. awesome. I'm just going to go it's... ahead and mention the other game because it's very similar to that which is Lords of Exile that I've been playing. That's a 2D uh, Lord... side-scrolling, right? Yes. It looks okay. exactly like a Castlevania 3 sort of game. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Shinobi mm-hmm. in the style of Castlevania 3. So big overarching bosses and nice animations, things like that. Uh, I, I love that game so far. I'm, I think, stage six out of eight stages. Uh, so it's really fun. That's not wow. a new game, is it? Like, it's been around for a while? Because I feel like I no, played it on Switch well, a couple of years ago. Lords of Exile is new. You may be thinking of another one. But Lords of Exile just came out this week. Oh, okay. Because I think I saw NES. it someplace, and I was like, oh, I feel like I recognize this game. But it could just be because of the art style. Yeah. Yeah, it looks Lord very Singers. NES. Yes. I love yeah, it. It looks like it was made in, and like it's an NES ROM. What have you been playing, Russ? Other than Last of Us. Yeah, so uh, I've also been playing Horizon Forbidden West, the DLC, like the Burning Shores or whatever. I'd be, I've be i been playing this game for, I don't know, like a year and a half at this point. And it's so funny, a couple observations. Number one, this is not a pick-up-and-play game. Like, you can't 
wait a month and then get back into it because the control scheme, even now, after playing the first Horizon in this one, is so unnatural to me. I I never know how to craft an arrow. Like in a, in battle, like in a battle, I'm like, oh gosh, I had to pause it, pull up a YouTube video. It's like, okay, L1 plus X or whatever it happens to be. And so I found that's a game you just got to kind of barrel through and you can't just jump back into it here and there because often you don't know what you're supposed to be doing next as well. Like they're, they're not very good at like kind of putting that in front of you. It's a fine game. I like shooting my bow and arrow and all that kind of stuff, but it was just kind of an interesting observation I had. It was just like, man, this is a hard game to pick up and play. It is a good game, though, to play on the PlayStation Portal, which I'm still playing a lot. And so it's a nice, like, just in bed kind of pick up and, and start playing as long as I remember what the controls are. The because other one, yeah. People use the uh, PlayStation Portal. Yeah. So, yeah. Loving it. <laughs> so easy. Oh, both of you. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We got our own support group. Um, so, but then, yes, I have been playing Last of Us 2 Remastered. And that's an interesting one because I do not like playing that on the portal. I need it on a TV. Like, I want mm. the cinematic experience. And so the Which other day game? I was playing it, Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I was playing this one and. Um, my son walks in, he's 15, you know, and I'm like, oh, he's kind of at that age, right? I'm like, okay. And he immediately was just struck by the game. And he's like, what is this? Like a Last of Us 2 remastered. And he's like, oh, and he like sits down on the couch next to me. Not like he was not like, he was probably on his way to go play Minecraft or whatever, right? Yeah. He stopped to watch and he's like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's Abby. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I've heard of her. I'm like, yeah, a lot of people have heard of Abby, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's like, where's the guy? And I'm like, let's not talk about this. Like I was like kind of tearing up, you know? And so it's like, uh, so it, and the other observation I had, like, so that's number one is that that game draws people in, in a way that other games don't even people like not of the target age group. And I was just really compelled by that kind of idea. The second was that, uh, the game's a heavy game. Like it is hard to get through in that, uh, it's somewhat repetitive. It's always like challenging you as a person, like as you're getting through the narrative and whatnot. So it's kind of rough, you know? But I realized the second time through is worse than the first time through. The first time through, you're just trying to get to the next point because you're hoping there's some sort of reprieve or maybe now finally the game will slow down for a bit and we can just kind of relax it on a couch or whatever, right? But when you know what's going to be happening and you're like, there's no end in sight, this is just going to be grim like throughout the rest of it and it's going to be this like gritty survival kind of experience. I can only play it maybe 15 minutes at a time where I'm just like, okay, that's enough. Like I, I need to get back to like a more positive, like living yeah. environment. Yeah. So it's, it's the opposite of uncharted four, which is the crazy thing for me because same naughty dog, you know? Right. But uncharted yeah. four is like the first time you play it, you're like, God, this, this scene is taking forever. Like this game just keeps going and going and going. But once you know what's going on, you're like, ah, I just got to get through this museum or whatever. It makes it easier the second time around. Last of Us Part Two for me is harder the second time wow. around because I know emotionally and just like kind of mechanically, it's going to be a difficult thing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's a hard hope. game to get through the second time. And so yeah. I'm, I'm going to play through it, but it's going to take me a while. So last episode or the episode before we had talked about The Last of Us, mm-hmm. then I installed Last of Us 1 Remastered on my PlayStation and I did boot it up, and I played through. I want to say I got to, I got to the the, the future like twenty five years later or whatever. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I played for a half an hour, forty five minutes or something like right. that. Yeah. And boy, you guys were not kidding about it being basically <laughs> shot for shot for the show. Like it right. is, bam, bam, bam. They did a. They were very close to the source material for the TV show, which is great. 
That's um, great. It makes me sad to know that when I if I keep playing this, that there's going to be no hope. Like I have nothing to hope for because I don't <laughs> right. I don't know anything about the second one. I haven't played it. I don't know anything. But now I know that it, it's it's a hopeless situation. And apparently something about the the guy is sad. So I'll find out that eventually. <laughs> um, but I, I love I like you had already beat it before, and now you're just playing through it again. Like you had beat right. it already. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is my second playthrough, and you know. Something happens to everybody that's sad in that game, so it's not just yeah. Joel. You know what I mean? So it's not mm-hmm. uh, nothing special about that in particular. So it's it's one of those things. Where, yeah, it's difficult, but it is it's it's worth it in, in those moments. You know, you have the there's moments in the first one too. I, I don't, I'm not trying to spoil anything. It happens in the show as well, but there are those moments yeah. where it's like oh levity or whatever, and so they, they yeah. happen. They're just you got to remember. There's 20 hours of gameplay between each of yeah. those moments. It's yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's pretty well, grueling in some places. Is it? It's okay. Well, it's definitely in, on my in, list. In the way but that I want to sing, right? It's like emotionally yeah. heavy. Just as a, just even just the entire pacing, right? Like other games, you go through. Like Russ said, there's levity, but also you go through other games, and there are these parts where it's like action packed, like Uncharted, and then other parts where it's a little more melancholy. You get a chance to catch your breath. My recollection of The Last of Us, you don't really get a chance to catch your breath. There's it always feels like there's some pressure uh, uh, up ahead. Yeah, yeah very the, high tension. Very, yeah. very few and far between. Very few yeah. and far between. Yeah. Uh, I'll get back to it uh, because I do want to experience this. And uh, if 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 anything, <clears throat> you know who you are. You'll finally get off my back uh, because I did, <laughs> I have a friend that's constantly telling me to to, to play that game. Um, another game that he's constantly been telling me to play is Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I said earlier that I finally finished. Yes. And I have to say, the second half of that game is a thousand times better than the first Ooh. half of that game. The first wow. half of that game, I feel like it is not good. It's like the the whole thing where you're in the slums with Aerith is boring as hell. Yeah. The part where you are doing the side quests in order to meet with Don Corneo also not really fun um outside of the the part where you have to like fight the house which was hilarious um yeah. but the later half of that game really took off and I really enjoyed it there was still some parts where it's like forces you to slow down or like literally mm. I'm like okay that was super interesting I want to run to the next thing and literally they will make it so you can't run it like it slows you down you just your your main your your highest speed is walking and you're like mm-hmm. but i want to find out what's happening because the last time i played final fantasy 7 was in 1998 or 1997 and i don't remember anything like i remember the big beats but i don't remember much of anything and i i sat up here last night and i finished it and i was like okay i am all in for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I can't wait till that comes out. But uh, amazing! I absolutely loved the the ending of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I got a question for you. I am stuck yeah. at the part with the train and the ghosts. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like the graffiti ghosts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like how far in the game am I? Like what percentage do you think that well, is? Well, there's 18 chapters. Yeah. Um. Okay. I would like, say I, I was figuring I like was... halfway. I probably I would say I was okay. at the graffiti ghost part uh, maybe Thursday. Okay. 
But yeah, because I do. I, do I did I it all day. It. I, okay. I sat down and played all day uh, yesterday. Wow. Uh, it was just so good. And um, that's awesome. Push through, Russ, because the the end stuff is really really fun, and mm. uh, especially the the fight with Rufus. I thought was that that was really cool. Um, and you know, I I know people are like spoilers, but I mean it's the same thing as that right. was out in you know <laughs> 1998. So don't <laughs> yell at me, people, because although who knows what's going to happen uh, with the next one? Are are you guys picking that the the new one up, Rich Carey? Not on Epic. I, yeah, I'll, I'll on, pick it up. He not said on not on Epic not because on that's oh, where it's going right, to be right, on right, PC. Right. When yeah, um, I'll pick it. I'm I'm where you were, you know, a week ago. I still haven't finished uh, remake, so I have to finish remake. And I, you know, we were talking about the port to PC. So I got I had gotten about halfway through on PlayStation and just bought it on PC and thought I was going to pick right up where I left off. Not literally, mm-hmm. but you know, just with the vigor that mm-hmm. I had. And, you know, the wind got knocked out of my sail, so... I think the biggest thing that I wish that they did was that they changed the naming system for the games. So, like, you have Remake Integrad and then Rebirth. <laughs> it should have just been Final Fantasy VII Rebirth Disc 1, Final Fantasy, Re- you know, Remake mm-hmm. Disc 2, because Disc mm-hmm. 2 is coming out. And then there's Disc yeah. 3 and then Disc 4, and you just have to wait 20 years for all those four discs. And that's it. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII... Is that VII, the plan? It's going to be four of them? <laughs> I, don't, I'm, I think it's three. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah, so it's just three yeah. as well. I think I think the four discs that came out of the original PlayStation one was just a promise for the future. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to remake this four times. And nice. so was it, four yeah, times. Is it a four-disc they... game, though? I, I thought it was a three-disc game. Is it I a three thought disc it was game? three. Oh, then Nine three. is four discs. Oh, then. But I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah. If it's just three discs, then it's perfect. exactly right. Yes, yeah, so disc three, then. Yes, yeah, so then we're perfect. Yeah. yeah. I I'm I just love... I loved my time playing that game. Um Carrie, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing uh, a few of the games that I've always been playing before, so I put more time into Brotato. Um, and Brotato is just like a Vampire Survivors uh, horde roguelike. Uh, it's like a bullet hell roguelike, right? Like, that's what it essentially comes down yeah. to. And um, it's it's pretty good. They, uh, they go in a different direction than what Vampire Survivors does, whereas Vampire Survivors, you only have, like, a reprieve every time you get a level up. And Brotato is time-based per per wave. Uh, but as you play through the game, you unlock different characters that have a bunch of different weirdo stats. Like there's one guy called the Bull, and he can't get any weapons. And his only ability is that he regenerates health very quickly. And every time someone uh, hits him, he explodes for 30 damage of everything around him. So that's the only thing you do is you just heal up <laughs> and then you charge into people to explode them. <laughs> that's what you're doing. So there's like weirdo things. Uh, so you have the Lich and other stuff. And then there's achievements. I got most of the achievements done for like general achievements. And now I just have mostly um, uh, beat the game with this X character. Uh, so I'll probably just like, you know, mop those up over time. I've been enjoying that. Uh played Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater 1 and 2 uh, much like how Russ said earlier on in this video in our pre-show we were uh, talking about just the airplane level and that's pretty much all I was doing is just like chaining combos and getting the feeling back and then I would like bounce off of it and it's um it's 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 not as I didn't have that same draw that I originally had and it's probably because there's just too many games to play Uh, I've been playing a bit of Guitar Hero 2 uh, and just getting back into it, uh, I actually, uh, so I had this whole escapade of reducing the amount of apps that are on my TV and I've been cleaning my area 
And I was thinking about bringing my Xbox 360 upstairs uh, to my living room so I can play up there instead of having to play down here. Just because it's too cold. Um, so my, my <laughs> I say this because my fingers are cold and I'm like, that's why I'm not doing good. Uh, <laughs> 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 my fingers need to be warm to play the game. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing that. And uh, I played a little bit of Helldivers 2. I got into, I finished the training. I got my cape. And then I, I named my ship. And I went to my ship and I said, go here because lots of people are there. And then it kicked me out and then said, server's full. Please try again. <laughs> yeah. I said, so I, I, saw... I reviewed the game and that's what I gave it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone, I think it was on the Steam Deck subreddit, made um, touch input menus for the stratagems. So they, I saw they just that. yeah do that and it does the D-pad stuff. So that's pretty funny. Is yeah. that cheating? Like, Because that's what they that asked. Was the they question, said, that is that was, cheating? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, there's that 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 same type of cheating that takes place in Apex, Apex Legends. You ever, you guys ever see that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like um, the turnaround. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like a dash turnaround something so, aim. Exactly. So yeah. you'll be playing with keyboard and mouse, but the Steam input will be like controller settings. So mm-hmm. you press a button and it does does all these controller things but then you're going back to playing on keyboard and mouse so it's like it'll whip through it's like you go up to a crate press a button and it'll zip through all the stuff and put it in your backpack and you can go along oh. and do a 180 but because it's a steam input it's not detectable at all because steam is like yeah it's steam input that's no problem just let them play yeah and uh basically they're swapping between <laughs> you know controller input and going back to playing and mouse and as, yeah mouse and keyboard um and I've seen it. I was like, man, that's that's wild. And a lot of people are upset about it. So, yeah, I guess I could consider it cheating. And I, I only say that, well, whatever. I played a little bit of it and I was doing the stratagems and getting my pinky finger to, like, hold down control and then do waz for the movements and stuff. I was like, oh, man, Ooh. this is going to take me a, 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 a beat to, like, get that muscle memory down because it feels awkward to me, right? So, and this is only in the training part of it. So I was trying to go through it. And seeing how to throw stuff. And I feel like I need to play like five hours of this game, like straight, just to get my... That muscle memory. Yeah, just to get the feel of the game before I can actually... So I need to play five hours of the game before I can even say if I like it or not. Because I need to be able to move and navigate with not even having to think about it. Because right now I'm thinking about what button I'm pressing, how do I go prone, and all that's... I have to get all that cruft out of the way. That's that's where I am Mm. right now. I will say that when you use a console in the like in the world and you have to like well there so first off there's two issues with that when you bring up when you open up the console it puts the you know the up down left right on the on the console screen but then it shows just underneath that use your d-pad and it uses it shows your d-pad four times with four different inputs and so my brain looks at that and i'm like am i supposed to put the things that are on the screen of the console or the things that are underneath because it's two different things and that really screws me up but then the second thing that screws me up is the way that your character's hand moves on the screen because you're like if you're supposed to push up down left right the character goes like this uh, on the touch screen in front of him but it doesn't go the way that you think it's supposed to do it's like somebody's trying to do it blindfold it's like your character's blindfolded and so when you push left he goes 
like that or something and it makes me think that his hand reached over to the right and then i think that i did the wrong thing anybody who hasn't played this game has no idea what i'm talking about but i feel like (laughs) somebody who has played it they're like oh yeah that screws me up too it's really weird but i like how weird that is I didn't play it this week because the servers were constantly down. Just, yeah. So every time I tried, I think I saw a tweet from Wario64 that said that they've now capped their servers at yeah. 450,000 people. Which is they funny because take it. Steam DB is now at uh, 400,000. Yeah, I, I, knew, I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> it's at 384,000 right now. Yeah. Kelly's point being everybody's playing on pc (laughs) we know it's gotta be right like i mean what are you gonna say you're like no two hundred thousand of those people are just waiting at the log on screen i'm like yeah maybe (laughs) maybe that's the case yeah yeah (laughs) this is a good problem to have but oh yeah it's like every game launches with these these issues but it's been a week now because i talked about it extensively last week and then it took off like everybody started playing it and I haven't been able to play it since. Yeah, I I haven't. I've I've left my machine on, and it's been a blessing in disguise because I needed to get work done. So I just like had it running in the background, and I was doing some stuff. Then I got into the game, and I went, and then it was like kicked me back out, and I was like, oh crap, let me go back to this. And uh, so right now I just have to fit, finish up editing one other video like today before I even bother. I'm probably not going to bother because it's just it's the craziest thing, right? It's like so sorry you couldn't get in. Have a double XP free weekend this weekend. And it's like people yeah. have off on the weekend, <laughs> and you're incentivizing them to bum rush your right. servers. <laughs> like yeah. you should incentivize them to not come. Like if you don't come, you're going to get more we'll XP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. like oh, I better not yeah. play. <laughs> like that's when yeah, that's when sure uh, really like World of Warcraft had implemented rested XP. Right. So that mm. basically if you spent some time, if you went to a city and logged off in a city or in an inn and your character was logged off in that location, you would build up the ability to gain XP faster yeah. for a certain amount of time when you did log back in. And the longer you were logged out, the longer that you would get a bonus to your XP when you came back in. And I think Helldivers mm, 2 should cool. absolutely do that yeah. just to maybe clear out some people. What were you saying, Rich? No, I was well, just it's been a long time you. since I... I screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just saying, I think that's a great idea. I think that makes sense. And they definitely need to do something like that just to cool it down a little bit, especially, like you said, this weekend, this holiday weekend. People want to get get some gaming in. So, yeah, I'm with it. I'm glad that I haven't been able to play it because it would have distracted me from finishing Final Fantasy. So now I have next week I can look forward to uh, to nice. Rebirth. Um, so, Rich, you put in this this thing about the the Apple Vision Pro or App, what the hell is it called? The, app, no, the, yeah. the expensive thing. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Apple right. Vision Pro about Mark Zuckerberg talking about it. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. so, that was interesting. Ha- have you all seen that video? Yep. Yes, yes. I did. Oh, okay. So I yeah I I think most of the viewers have probably seen it but he just it, it this it's probably like new age marketing right is him trashing the the Apple Vision Pro for lack of a better word the context is that like before it was released he assumed that like obviously the Quest would be the better bargain for the money but then the Apple Vision Pro came out and he feels now like not only is it a better bargain for the money but also it's just a better system. And, you know, some people were likening that to Steve Ballmer talking about the iPhone or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, some of that 
rang true for me, um, not having tried either of them, but just right. the, the actual technology that he's talking about, it does I, I can see what he's saying. But really what I think I, I wanted to touch on here were his distinction between open and closed systems. So this is something you and I have talked about, Bill, right? Like Apple being closed, Google being or Chrome OS being open, and then also Windows versus Mac OS. And then he kind of puts himself under the open system with the the Quest. Uh, but more importantly, he he kind of ends and says that the future is not written, right? Like it's not it's not set in stone what the future holds. And I think like that's a good reminder too, just for like all this talk about like Microsoft and where Microsoft's going, where Sony's going. There is some control of our future, I think, um, with regard to all of this. Yeah. So I've played both. I, I, I may be the only one in the room, but uh, <laughs> so I own a Quest 3. I got it for Christmas. Yeah. And then my nephew bought the Vision Pro. He's like a huge Apple fan. And uh, there is not a $3,000 difference between those two at all. You yeah. know, like the, the the Vision Pro is heavy, like a lot heavier than the MetaQuest. And then also it, it's weird, but it, the, the thing I haven't really seen, uh, at least on the videos that I've seen, like from Marquez Brownlee and stuff, it's got like tunnel vision to it. Like there is a lot you can't see around the periphery when you have them on. It's like wearing like swim goggles, you know, mm-hmm. the MetaQuest 3 doesn't isn't really like that. There is some like banding or like weird distortions at the edges with the MetaQuest 3, but you could see a lot more. And so... Uh, that was like the two main observations I had was that, yes, the Vision Pro has like better like uh, pass through like visuals, you know, like it definitely doesn't feel like 1080p. It feels more like 4K or whatever. Um, but I would rather use the MetaQuest 3 in almost every other time. And the crazy thing is, is like when you're doing something like say you're pulling up a movie or you got your desktop up or whatever, it looks just fine on the MetaQuest 3. Like, yeah, I can't walk around with the MetaQuest 3 and, like, you know, check my phone or, like, whatever with a pass-through. But when you're actually just watching a screen, it's, like, super impressive. And so, yeah, yeah I, was, I was really surprised by that, too. There's not a seven times, no. like, quality difference, even though there's a seven times price difference between them. Apple made so many stupid decisions with this. And I feel like I feel like one of the reasons that they did is because they had to do something to differentiate it. Because otherwise people would have been like, oh it's just another one of these mm-hmm. and so they do all of that stuff like the having a screen on the outside goofy why would you do that what a waste <laughs> of money yeah. i understand their thought process behind it because they like in all of their marketing it you know that's actually kind of cool looking but then when you see it in real life yeah like well not in real life i haven't seen it in real life but i watched marquez brown lee's video and they mm-hmm. showed it from a weird angle, and it didn't, it didn't look convincing at all. Yeah. It's not. It's, not at it's all. It's not. It's a weird yeah. process, right? Like, would you be like, if someone looked at you with those vision goggles on and started talking to you, be like, are you talking to me? Like, <laughs> I can't <laughs> right. see your eyes. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't think it's that big of a – it's a cost increase. It gets weight, adds power use. It's like – a nothing positive about it that I could possibly think about. Uh, it's it's such a strange choice. 
Yeah, I think they thought yeah. it was going to make it socially acceptable to wear them, you know, but it doesn't. It's the same weird thing. I mean, granted, the Quest 3 has, like, those three black, like, things in the front, and that is so odd. Like, when you're talking to somebody mm-hmm. and they've got that, like, looking Looks at like you, an alien. like an alien. Right, yeah. and so that is odd, but uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, those weird eyeballs are very odd as well. <laughs> yeah. so, so strange. Well, listen, yeah. th- until they get down to this... Right. It's not going to be socially acceptable to walk around like, I mean, people are going to do it, but, right. you know, people do a lot of socially unacceptable things. Um, I just don't see people using, uh, I guess, what, what do they call it? Um, spatial computing. I don't see people yes. using spatial computing XR. outside of their freaking houses Yeah. until you can just do that. It, that that's a, that's yeah. a long time away. Uh, much like Russ said... I think that the big thing for me that has always been a a thing that I've always wanted for virtual reality is to uh, get rid of – like the MetaQuest 3 does have a wider field of view, but you can still see the periphery of where that ends. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Mm -hmm. the the further that they can go out to – like because I can still see my hands out here, right? Like they need to figure out a way that you can – you know – it's there's no high resolution, right? But I'm aware that there's something here. Oh, speaking of, uh, Bill, we talked about this with passive foveated rendering. They do have it on the MetaQuest Three, um, so it's noticeable. Once someone said they do have it, I said if it's if it's always on, then you got to be able to see it. And sure enough, there's a border. So wherever you're looking, if you go like this, it's always there. So the passive foveated rendering is basically two by two VRS. Uh, it's it defined borders. But you're going to see this very visible band on the top and bottom that is like half resolution. Uh, it's an mm-hmm. interesting uh, technique that they're doing. It's not a foveated rending. It's just passive foveated rending. It's like the idea is, well, if you're not looking at it, if you look straight, the resolution around your eyes isn't great. So it does blend in. But the problem is, yeah. is that when you're moving up and down... It's such a clean line of uh, full resolution and then half resolution that it, it sticks out. It sticks out like a sore thumb. And once I became aware of it, it's like, oof, you can you can really start to see it. Yeah, and like PSVR Pro has the eye. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> yeah, you've ruined it for everybody. Um, <laughs> like, oh, there it is. Well, the 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 PSVR two has eye tracking. And mm-hmm. the foveated rendering watches where you're looking. And this is the same thing that the Apple Vision Pro does. Um, uh, Zuckerberg said in his video, he's like, yeah, you know, we took out yeah. the eye tracking from going from the the Quest MetaQuest Pro. Pro to the MetaQuest 3. We're probably going to end up bringing that back, which is great because that that right there is a huge savings on battery and power yeah. because it's only rendering a very, very small part of the screen at a very high resolution. Everything else can can be blurry. And if you if you watch any of the uh the the screen recordings of the Apple Vision Pro or PlayStation VR two you can see that stuff at work where when people are looking at things, it is super crisp and everything else yeah. is blurry at the edges. And that's a very, very cool thing. Um, I still really want to pick up a Quest 3, but my experience with the PSVR 2 has made me a little gun shy just because the idea of putting a thing on my face, like, and like having a space to to do that in because this is a pretty small room uh having mm. a space to do that in i always feel like 
uh, I don't know if I want to go through all of that just for, you know, and then I end up stopping after a couple of minutes because I've got something else happening. Like, with normal games, I just hit pause and I go do a thing. Right. Whenever I'm doing VR, it's like it's a whole uh, production to, to just to try try it for five minutes. In many yeah. ways, it's like the opposite of the Steam Deck, right? Like <laughs> the right. Steam Deck or PC handhelds are just such low investment. And for the headset, it's a very high investment. Just Or at least that's how it feels, right? To, to start gaming and stay in there. Uh, there, yeah. There is one thing that I will say that is awesome about the Quest 3, and I bought it. And it's um, alarming that it's so inexpensive. It's like $8, I think. It's like a piano teacher on the Quest 3 uh, thing. And uh, my kid, we he had a keyboard for Christmas a few years ago, and it, it was there. So I just bought it, and you can map the keys of a virtual keyboard on the physical keyboard, and then you can see the notes coming down like Guitar Hero and play them. Like, That's amazing. It's so friggin' cool. And for how cheap the app is and for how inexpensive the Quest 3 is, like if someone was absolutely like super interested in learning piano – I think it is a kind of interesting way about doing it because it is, it is piano hero is what it, it winds up being. And it's so friggin' cool. There are different ways that you get to like, you have, to, it's not very intuitive because it's like you can set up the keyboard that it's detecting your fingers, but that's not that great because sometimes it doesn't see that you press the key down. So it like stops the music until you press the key. So instead, what I do is I just say, don't worry about my finger tracking and just keep on letting the notes come down and you can just start playing and like you can hear the keyboard just fine. And it's right. It's so fun to like as you're getting the hang of it, you're like, oh, crap, I'm actually playing a song like that's great. It's so you ra- you so rapidly get to play a piano song having no experience whatsoever. Uh, it's yeah. it's a fantastic, uh, really fantastic experience. Really recommend it. And I will say so- for me. Go ahead. Well, that's a very different experience from Guitar Hero because on mm. Guitar Hero you got five you got five buttons and the little wobbly thing. And it's like you could play a song in Guitar Hero, but you're not really playing the song. Yeah, you're not in learning this piano anything. game that you're playing, you're actually yeah. playing. Yeah. It's it's really that's wild. Great. What it's, were you it's awesome. I was gonna say, you know, a thought that keeps coming to me when I use my MetaQuest three is that like I wish I don't I wish this, but if I was single and I didn't have a television, I wouldn't need one. Right. Because the MetaQuest 3, like, does all the TV stuff that I would ever want. I can stream my movies or whatever. It looks better than on my TV because it's massive. I can, like, lay down and it's, like, right there, you know. It is pretty amazing from that standpoint of just, like, media consumption. The only thing I can think of is, like, okay, I can't play, like, my PS5 games on this. I'm sure there's a way I could figure that out. There's some app or something. But desktop streaming is amazing on that. And there's a specific app. It costs, like, 20 bucks. It was totally worth it. And um, so I can play my PC VR games. I can then also just use my desktop on this huge screen, you know, like I wouldn't need a computer monitor if it just wasn't so heavy and the battery life was better. You know what I mean? There's just, there are some caveats there, you know, but that was a a thought I just kept having was like, man, I don't need a TV. I don't need a computer monitor. Like this thing is good enough that it does both. And it's not in the same way that like the X real glasses are like, those are totally different. Like, it's like, okay, this is a cool little substitute, but this is like, holy crap, like it's better as an upgrade. So You know, there's one thing that I've always wished. I don't know if you guys have uh, used like three monitors at any given time, like for work or whatever, like using three monitors. 
There's yeah. been a thing that I've always wished would be the case on Windows, and I looked into it. I was like going through the whole steps of like actually putting up three webcams on each monitor because I was often going to like look at this monitor and I'd start typing, but I was typing on that monitor, and I was like, "Oh crap! Let me move the mouse over here and type over here." And if you have eye tracking. You already know oh, yeah. what you're looking at, so you know you're typing on that monitor, right? Like, so that's just like, oh, that would be amazing. So if you had eye tracking, you could just do that with your virtual monitors. You don't have to, like, think about – you just look and start typing, and you look, and you just it, do things. It doesn't yeah, work. That would be cool. Uh, and here's why. if you got to watch uh, MKBHD talk about this with the Apple Vision Pro um, on the Waveform podcast because – that's the way that it works is because there, you know, there's no controllers. So you select things by looking at them and doing this with your fingers. Right. With pinching with your fingers for the audio listeners. And so what he was finding is that a lot of times when you sit down and you are typing something on a computer, you are also looking at other things at the same time. Right. And it what happened to him is he said, it forces me to have to look where I want to type yeah. and I can't look away from the things that I want to control right. and and he says that basically the number of times where you're looking at something that you are you're looking at something and you're controlling something else at the same time is way higher than you think, I think and it falls mm -hmm. apart. I think you just need a fuse. Like, if you're looking at something and you start typing, and I look somewhere else, it should know that there's, like, a Block. rubber band that I'm still typing in the input field that I was in before, and just because I'm looking somewhere else doesn't mean that it has stopped. Also, uh, the Quest 3 does this. You can actually connect a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse to it so that you can operate virtual screens inside the MetaQuest 3. So I wouldn't really be using my hands or anything to, like, move stuff around in my... Like, maybe I'm just too old. Uh, maybe I would. Maybe I would in some cases, but I'd probably just be using the mouse for a lot of things. But I would submit that I think that there is a software layer that you could tune up. If it is, if it's too aggressive, like how Marcus Brownlee is saying, like wherever you look, like you can't just be like, oh, can't look away. Because <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds truly awful. Yeah. Um, I think that that yeah, just I think part of the up. problem there was the eye is needed specifically for the key that you want to press, right? Like you have to look at the actual key, not just focus on the window that you're typing into, right? So I can see how that would make it harder yeah. um, just from a software layer. But for what Carrie's describing, seems like you can handle that in a software layer. Going back to what you said, Russ, about monitors and TVs, it's interesting because sadly it's Bradley, the like VR YouTube content creator. Right. Apparently he's been waiting for like an opportunity to ditch his monitors, mm -hmm. waiting for VR to get good enough. And I will say he said the Apple Vision Pro did that for him i don't know if he wow. actually threw his monitors out but it was yeah. good enough now where he feels like he can i will say like if we get to a point where we can edit our like as youtubers right if we edit our videos on a massive screen like that it would be amazing I'm, I'm a mac user and so i haven't figured out the whole like streaming from my mac to the MetaQuest 3 i'm sure it's probably possible as well yeah uh, so it's an option but again it's like the weight of it the battery life like it's just not mm -hmm. quite there yet but i can see it coming and that's pretty cool yeah, I'd like to be able to just reach out, grab the timeline on the top and bottom and stretch it this way and then mm. be able to be like, oh, man, let's make a cut there. Let's make a cut there. Let's think these things like like Iron Man in the right. in the, the Marvel Cinematic <clears throat> Universe where he's just like grabbing crap on the screen and flinging it over there. That's so cool. Yeah. And we're going to get there someday because these things are 
the worst they're ever going to be right now, and they're pretty friggin' <laughs> impressive. Not thirty five hundred dollars impressive, right? But pretty friggin' impressive. I think the thing that is funny for me, just as an outsider, for all I would say for all of us, is like uh, the longer that Decker takes to come out, it's like the abilities are like you have to be better than this now. You have to be better than this now. It's like the longer you guys right. take, you're just making it worse on yourself. So you guys gotta step it up, like figure it out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is yeah. the Decker, like you know, if it, if it was going to be an X eighty six. Like we all thought, like that would be too heavy to strap to your face. Uh, then it turns out that the Apple Vision Pro weighs the same as a Steam Deck, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yes. And it is heavy. Uh, you know, yeah. there's. Well, a- I mean, but the problem with it is that the it's all in the front. All of the weight is in mm. the front. They they could have like done something to redistribute it. it. I saw somebody suggest like that you that you take headphones and you put the weight. On the si- on the two sides of your head, so that mm. it would mm. redistribute things, and it's not just on the front. And just just put the screen here, and have the computing part over here underneath your headphones. You know that mm. something I did not appreciate that I, is like a, a must buy for me now. Um, uh, I don't. Do you still have the original straps that come with your Quest Three, uh, Russ? Yeah, I'm totally vanilla, dude. The elite straps—they're crazy expensive, like seventy bucks, right? They sp- they sell like the M3 Pros or whatever. There's like a third-party one. Getting a new strap for the how it goes onto your head is a game changer in terms of comfort. It is a, like hmm. night and day difference because I bought my son the Quest Three and he had just the things. And uh, my mother-in-law was like, well, what should I get him? And I was like, oh, just get him this accessory. You know, it's it's, yeah. a, it's a good price. He's going to like it. And I put it on. I tried the difference. I was like, goodness gracious. The difference in comfort in being able to just use it at length is vast. So um, hmm. that is a – yeah, it's a, it's a really big thing for me, like a really huge thing for me because uh, I, maybe it's just because of how my glasses are and everything, but how like I need to like position it and how much pressure I need to put in for – everything to be clear and i don't have anything going on um with the the elite strap it's much better with <laughs> the um I, I know the apple vision pro has like the you just like little magnets for your glasses that go you, you can pop pop in you can which get, is really cool yeah you, do they have magnetic little ones on the on the quest 3 as well they pop out you can get prescription lenses. they pop out yeah okay they, it's not magnet, that's really cool but yeah you can you can get prescription lenses. so you don't need to use your glasses uh and just pop them in that's all they're pretty expensive for what it's worth but, you know, if that was something that you knew it was going to be solely for you, it would be worthwhile to get. Yeah. I, I like the idea of having them be like little magnets where you can just pop them out and then be like, you know, somebody else wants to use it. They can pop them back in. But right. I, I don't know. Most people don't really share VR headsets because they get all sweaty, you know. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, move on to uh, Epic Games. You know, Carrie's not using it, but it seems like some people are using it. They did their year in review, and um, actually, it was—I was a little impressed by their numbers. Although they were, they—they they said that um, spending on third parties in the in the Epic Game Store is down thirteen percent year over year. But their other numbers actually seemed pretty pretty decent. I just probably screwed up my screen. Okay, there we go. Um. Rich, you put this in there. You really did a lot of the work for the show notes this week. Thank you. Because <laughs> I was looking, and I was like, oh, he already got that. He already got that. Um, tell us about this, man. You're muted. My bad. 
I was going to say, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to look at it too deeply. I did One question I had right off the bat, right, because it was $950 million spent by PC players on the Epic Game Store in 2023, and that's 16% increase year over year. Does mm-hmm. this include Fortnite? It's got to. I refuse to yeah. believe it's, it's their first yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Carrie. Uh, I, uh, I, I download the free games. I have 445 Epic games like on my launcher wow. through all the free games. So I just always just <laughs> I like, never yeah, remember. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. And yeah. uh, so I'm up to 445 right now. So I have them. There's some games that I don't have on Steam or elsewhere that I have on the Epic Steam launcher that I'll like consider whenever I want to play it. But uh, yeah, so uh, no, no one buys anything on eggs. No one buys anything. Well, that, that was interesting too, right? Like either way you look at it, 586 million free games given away so if you compare that to the third party spend uh they gave away 1.5 times more games than each dollar they made off of third party Mm -hmm. games so that that sounds rough (laughs) and then if you if you were like carrie and remembered to boot up the epic game store for mm -hmm. your free games you basically according to epic games you got two thousand dollars worth of free games uh, yep. on your uh, store. I never boot up the Epic Games Store on my computer. I cannot be bothered to remember it. I have a friend who said, "Oh, I just set an alarm on my phone to remind me." I used to, to too. So to boot it up, and then I <laughs> grabbed the games. But I, I like I've grabbed some games, never played one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't use the service. Yeah. Uh, I use TweetDeck uh, still, um, and I'm probably going to not pay for Twitter ever again. So I'm probably going to lose TweetDeck forever, which is uh, hurtful. But in my TweetDeck, I have a bunch of columns, feeds of different things that go on. Uh, mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful interface for all different feeds of whatever mm-hmm. you want. I have one that's specifically for Wario 64. So any <laughs> updates that he has, I see it instantly within a second, which I've been used to like whenever I need to jump on like PS5 launch, Xbox Series X launch, like literally I'm like there, I'm like I'm here, time to start going mm-hmm. and he always posts about the Epic Game Store and you can redeem them via the website. You don't need the launcher. So that's always been like oh that's nice yeah that's been just way better i just have it logged in on my web browser and i just click on the link when he does it because he usually is like uh the next game that's going to be free is in one hour so if you want to download this game do it and i'm like oh thank you Boop. yeah so uh, that's, nice. cool. that's how i've been doing it i would love to see like the play time of people who got a game for free on the epic game store and how much they played of it because yeah. it was I, impressive I, that percentage it would have been a stat that's true. <laughs> That's like they true. would have shared that information if it was uh, an impressive number. So I'm guessing yeah. it's yeah. pretty bad. When do you guys think they're going to stop? Who? I mean, uh, they have they too got much that money. Fortnite money. So they got yeah, they Fortnite money. So just keep on giving out free games uh, and hoping that eventually it's going to turn the tide. Well, let's let's answer a different <laughs> question. What can they do to actually get more users? And I think the answer has been somewhat consistent even though it's not necessarily going to get them to steam level the answer has been consistent in that they also are not developing their launcher like yeah that, they're not it's the same thing yeah, yeah they, it hasn't changed I, they they have they clearly have the money they laid off a bunch of people that they could have you know put uh that money into developing the store itself yeah um and clearly that's what at least a pc audience wants they don't want to they don't want to deal with exclusives they don't care enough about the free games uh they want a better store better uh that's, compatibility it's a it's a tough 
it's a tough, tough thing that they have on them because they need to not, agree. not only just fix their launcher, they need to make it better than Valve's uh, Steam. Right. And right. you have the problem is that Valve has been working for 10 years on Proton, uh, yep. Vulcan, uh, yep. SteamOS. So now everyone's Steam purchases work on the Steam Deck, and that is attractive. So they're, it's there. When you look at, you know, Steam Workshop, Steam Community, Steam Everything, like Steam Input. All of the stuff that Steam has as layers to make p- playing PC games so much better, it's a it's a daunting task. Not only do they have the buy-in from a lot of people that the inertia is going to be rough just to escape from that orbit, but you're going to have to do sincerely better than what they've already done. So good luck, I guess. I think the only thing that they could... Here's what they could do. They could put out a handheld. They could sell a handheld, the Epic Games handheld, yeah. that has uh, like the Epic Games as the front end. Yeah, and I mean, look, that's what Valve's doing with the Steam Deck. Right, they're selling. It's a loss leader. This is a loss leader for well, maybe not. I don't know if they're still losing money on it, but this is a loss leader for them to get people to buy more games on Steam. They could just be like making no money on it, right? Like they could just be breaking even on on Steam decks, and that's still a win for them. Um, it, it, that's a whole other conversation that I would love to have with you guys is, is steam, the steam valve continuing to sell the steam deck, uh, less good for the PC gaming handheld market because they are suffocating, uh, the space because they are able to subsidize the price of it versus other people can't, and they have to charge more than it. And it's the performance gap isn't vast enough. And when the steam deck two comes out, we're going to reset that whole performance gap part of it. And right. it's 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 a tough thing. I would love to have the conversation perhaps later. Yeah. No, same with me. Like I, you know, I released that INEO flip review this past week and holy smokes, the amount of comments I got about the cost of it was just crazy. Like I, it, way more than any other handheld PC video I've ever made. Yeah. I don't know if it's because people were thinking, well, it's a, this is a 3DS system, so it should cost 3DS prices, but people were angry that this thing costs more than a Steam Deck. And I'm like, you know what? It plays a lot of PC games, too, and I tried to show that in the video, but people are just like, this is $800 to play Mario. No way. You know, I'm like, <laughs> that's not really what we're talking about here, but yeah, it was kind of interesting. Oh, you know what? So. Uh, I meant to tell you, Russ. Uh, so I have my YouTube channel account, right? And I subscribe to you via the Fox. I don't subscribe mm. to anyone really via my my own personal thing. I just use that. But you came up twice in my feed of just regular stuff. You came up as retro gaming and also PC hardware. And that wow. same Ineo flip video came up twice in those two different categories. I was like, oh, I got to tell Russ that. Yeah, nice. it's interesting. That video did not do well when it first started. It was like in the mid, like, you know, five out of 10 or whatever of my videos. But it shot up probably like six hours later and it's still going, which is really interesting. So there's people who are seeing this who don't know anything yeah. about handheld PCs or whatever. Yeah. And and those may be part of the people who are angry. I, yeah, I, <laughs> like, I, I can't believe that's it. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say that's about the point I was trying to make here is that the comments that you're seeing are people that are coming in this site on scene and they're like, whoa, hold on there, mister. Let me tell you. <laughs> what this actually is <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah i've been here for five minutes i know more than everyone <laughs> right <laughs> those that don't know speak and those that speak don't know <laughs> right right yeah um all right uh let's move on to the switch two we talked about this a little bit before getting delayed delayed uh in quotes to quarter one 2025 i personally think that this is the right move get 
the the thing that made the switch succeed is a breath of the wild so there's there's one thing that made it succeed absolutely um the other thing that made it succeed was not just breath of the wild but it was banger after banger after banger that first year the mm-hmm. nintendo switch i think every single month nintendo dropped a massive incredibly popular very well made game every month almost all year into what 2017 in 2017 mm-hmm. and if they do that again like i almost feel like march is the best time to launch a system because you have all year to build that library so that when christmas hits there's tons of options yeah that's how it was uh, Russ, for me like 2017 christmas time i was like all right this thing is ready for my purchase you know like it has all these banger games and you know the other thing about it is the switch had an uphill battle right it was trying to overcome the wii u kind of uh reputation that it had and so it was on this kind of downtrend that it had to kind of overcome and it totally did that Switch 2 is not going to have that. They're going to be like, wait, you're going to give me more Switch? I think there's going to be more people who are going to be excited about that concept as well. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to sell really well as long as they don't screw it up with some weird concept or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I like the idea. I don't mind a March release at all. What troubles me is that if it was going to be March, it should have been March 2024. Like, Hmm. we're far past what the time should have been to and you know what like if they are using that to build up software i completely understand i just feel like they should have been doing that this whole time and they have like a rack of ip that they haven't gone back to in a while like big ip right like mario odyssey was the last big 3d mario platformer Mm -hmm. um we there are hints that um Sakurai is still working on Smash Bros. So, like, if we see another Smash Bros, that'd be huge. Mario Kart 8 is a... Right. Mario Kart 8 is a Wii U game. So, like, clearly, they should be ready with a Mario Kart 9 at launch. Like, there should be no question of that. Oof. They should have Metroid. that. Ready. Dude, Mario Metroid Kart 8 4. Deluxe, with all the DLC, is, like, the most mega Mario Kart ever. Like, the yes. bar is set so unreal high it's like oh mario kart 9 only has 40 tracks <laughs> mario kart 8 has four zillion yeah and to be fair it's the same with smash right like yeah. at this point the bar for smash is so high yeah i don't see how they can top it but nonetheless they've had all this time to at least work on it um and i, inter- it d- I interrupted you you were going to say metroid yeah metro prime 4 and this year you know they still have a bunch of releases coming but it feels light and we all thought that 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 was because the switch 2 is finally coming so it is disappointing not that it's in march but that it's a little later still if if the rumors are true i think the reason that it's later than most people would like is because of the pandemic and like that pushed everything off to like just development pushed development off to make it take longer than they wanted to. Yeah. And I agree that the Switch absolutely looks long in the tooth. It's a, It was an underpowered Android tablet when it launched, and it's still trucking uh, this many years later. Very impressive. Um, but I think that they just want to make sure 
that they launch with those bangers so that they can have another year of banger after banger after banger. Yeah, so uh, there's two things that I want to talk about with uh, this. Number one, I want to ask you guys, what do you, like, so I'm a big Metroid fan. I do not think, and I think Nintendo also thinks that Metroid is not a system seller. It is just, it's it's like a thing that you keep in there. Now, having said that, I still think that Metroid Prime 4, even if it was ready to be out this year, that there is benefits to delaying that to March of next year to launch at the same time so that you have the upgraded version, right? The super version of Metroid Prime 4. The I think that the reasoning is sound, especially because I thought that the Wii U Switch, the way they were, they were doing it was amazing. Not that there was a bunch of people that had the Wii U like we all knew, but it was enough of a thing that people that had a Wii U can still get the latest Zelda, and people that were interested in getting the Switch, they were launching with Zelda. That was like a great twofer, and I think that there's a lot of things that they could line up outside of just having Metroid Prime 4, because if you have a super strong lineup, not just one singular tentpole, but a bunch of different tentpoles that you could launch, and still anyone that bought any of those games, it'll run on Switch 1. You know what I mean? Is like... That's just a win-win. Uh, so from that point of view, I get it. The other part of this is largely dependent, and we talk about this, it's a running joke here, but it's a, we, it's largely dependent that the longer that Nintendo waits here, there is a group of people that I feel that own a Switch that do not buy third-party games on Switch because they know it's going to be a mediocre experience. So they're not going to buy Witcher 3 there. Some people mm-hmm. may, and because I want to buy portable, but some people are like, you know what? I just don't want it to look like garbage. I want it to play on you know PC or PS5 or whatever, right? There is, they have their third-party console, and then they have their Nintendo console. And mm-hmm. they needed a new system to start creating this base of people that are going to start looking at Super Switch games and saying, hey, the image quality on this is now good enough where I think I'm going to start buying my third-party games here because it's the convenience is awesome, the battery life is great, and it looks fantastic. And when I dock it, it's fantastic. So I think that part of waiting longer for that to happen plays against Nintendo if Xbox were to come out with a handheld or PS5 yeah. were to come out with a handheld because... drink. Yeah. Uh, remember, remember what PlayStation did to the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast came out earlier. The price was good. The games looked great. PlayStation said, wait. And everyone said, okay. <laughs> like, Dreamcast just evaporated after, like, yeah. all the smoke and mirrors that the PS2. Like, we'll go back and look at the launch trailers of a bunch of PS2 games that, like, were just complete nonsense. That never materialized. There were still amazing looking games that came out for PS2. Don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of games on PS2 when you emulate them. They look fantastic. That's a whole other thing. But there's a part here where I could totally see where because Nintendo is delaying this, they're giving the opportunity for their competition to say, say, hey, wait a year. We have a better handheld coming. And they're going to plant the seed of don't get your third party games here. It's a first party machine that you're getting wait for the third-party handheld machine. Right. You you let us down the road I, I, I wanted to ask, right? Like, where, where I wanted to get, which is, yeah, exactly that, right? Like, what happens if the Steam Deck 2 really is in 2026 and 
it's just one year afterwards. And to an extent, the the allure of the handheld is certainly not gone. It's bigger than ever. But the allure of going to the Nintendo console because it's handheld is diluted now, right? Like the idea of a Doom Eternal port to the Switch is not whatever that modern game is, it's just not going to be as fascinating anymore because we've seen it with the steam deck. So yeah. yeah, I, and then of course, if, if Microsoft joins the party, if Sony joins the party, then even, tri- even triply so that uh, Nintendo yeah. is in for some trouble. The the other thing to note is that Nintendo really needs to um, instill confidence in people that the digital ecosystem that they're buying into is going to remain not like the Wii U or the 3DS or the Wii or, the, you know, what I mean? like, it's like, oh, yeah, that Wii stuff. Yeah, it's all gone. You, you don't own that anymore. Right. Buy, buy these yeah. new games, please. Uh, yeah. So they ha- I think the way yeah, that go ahead. I was going to say, I think the way that the Switch 2 can maybe compete with that kind of higher end level gaming is if they do something revolutionary with the dock. Instead of it just being like a thing you put in and then it can go to your TV, which then third party people can just make their own versions of, it's got something else going on. And I don't know how they could figure this out, but like added RAM or some sort of like power component to it that is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch 2 that when you plug it in, it is a much better experience as opposed to just kind of a little bit better when it is currently docked right now. They do something like that and I could see it really being more competition, you know, where it's like this thing, yes, is a handheld console, but it's a pretty great home console too. I don't know how they could pull that off. I think that RAM couldn't work that way. I think it has to be on the board, you know, just from a speed perspective. But, you know, things along those lines. If their engineers can come up with something that really revolutionizes that idea and keeps it to only Nintendo can do that, I think that might be a, a big win for them. Yeah. How many of you guys actually deck your Steam Dock? Dock your Steam Deck these days? Um, I do it. I never do. Yeah, I do it every now and yeah. again. Um, you know what my Steam Deck dock is? It's my PC. So, like, I've moved my PC over to my TV, and if I want to play a PC game on my TV, I just boot up my PC instead of docking a Steam Deck because it's so much better looking, and it's the I same play, damn yeah. game. What were you saying? I, I'm sorry. I'm going to let Carrie go first because I interrupted him. No, no, it's, it's fine. Uh, I was going to say, I do play, uh, so in my living room, my living room, I don't have a PC anywhere near it, and I do keep my Steam Deck dock, the official one there, plugged in all the time. And from time to time, I actually do use it. I actually connect to it and I play because I have a bunch of different Bluetooth controllers. And honestly, okay. it's still a really good like experience. Like even though it gets scaled up and stretched out, and it maybe I'm only getting 30 FPS, it's still a fine way to play. So I've found myself doing it often enough. So I guess this is the thing: is it maybe maybe it's a simpler solution is just a freaking GPU within their dock, right? Because mm-hmm. I, that's what I do. I don't use the Steam Deck dock anymore because I have the ROG Ally and I have the XG Mobile dock, and so I just do that. And it's it's a huge night and day difference, right? ROG Ally is great, you know, I can do my 1080p gaming. I can plug that thing in, and now I'm doing 4K gaming. And so that's how I'm going to play like Final Fantasy VII, for example. I'm going to play through the rest of the game on my ROG Ally, both in handheld and then do it docked. So maybe not the whole RAM thing. Maybe I was thinking kind of crazy, but a GPU kind of solution like that, that would be amazing. You were thinking crazy because it's Nintendo and they did the four right. gigabyte RAM package. Four gigabyte, four megabyte. Yeah. 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 Upgrade your N64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seven million dollars. <laughs> yeah, so maybe there is a conventional solution to that. Maybe that's a third party thing, or not a third party, but like a accessory you could buy. Is like, listen, here's a, you want a super switch? Yeah. Get our like GPU kind of thing, and maybe have more GPUs later on next year, or whatever. There's a lot of cool things I'm thinking of now. But anyway, 
Yeah. What were you going to say before I interrupted you, Rich? Oh, just that I happen to play my Steam Deck. I don't play my Steam Deck docked a lot, but I happen to play it more than I do my gaming PC. So, yeah, the Steam Deck is still just the main thing for me. Carrie, you kind of buried the lead because your whole setup is still just your Winmax, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm upgrading to my uh, 8840U now. So, uh, uh, this is like the the, the dream come true for me because like i've been like oh i got there's a new cpu out let me just upgrade but keep my gpu and it's like the i'm i'm going to i'm gonna ask my buddy who has freaking laser beams uh he's gonna cut some wood for me and just uh i'll, I'll show you some pictures and cyclops <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> the um there's a part of my eGPU solution, much like how we had the discussion with the B-Link thing, where the all the wires and stuff are just sloppily hanging over. I kind of have that with my eGPU now, and I just want to build a little box that would hold all the wires, and then that would just make mm. it all nice and streamlined, so that it's just going to be like a little like cutout for the wires to come out and just make it all nice, because I have like a dock, that uh, a USB-C dock that's just kind of like dangling on top of that. So I just want to like fix up that whole situation. But yeah, I use... So I have Thunderbolt. I use Thunderbolt to my Elgato. So I do Thunderbolt to an eGPU solution that also charges my Max, and that goes via PCIe. So I have PCIe capture card uh, to my WinMax, and then I go Oculink out to my GPU. So I effectively have two external PCIe cards to my laptop, and um, I take my laptop with me whenever I want to go, and then I have the power that's on there. And then when I get when I dock it, it has a GTX 4090, and then all of a sudden, um, PC gamer, <laughs> like like a mainline <laughs> PC. So uh, it's uh, Cyfrey, who's um, amazing. He's on the GPD Discord, does a lot of work. He actually has a 7700X, an AMD 7700X desktop with a 4090. And I was like, dude, can you just run this one bench on uh, Tomb Raider? So I ran my system, the 8840U, at 50 watts, connected to my uh, GTX 4090, and I got around like 151 FPS in the specific settings. And he got 191 FPS in his settings. So his full desktop with full CPU power, you know, going nuts, everything is like 25% better than my setup. But he can't take his anywhere that he wants. Like, I can. Right, right. Yeah. And that's the 8840U with an... Docked to the Oculink that got you the 125 frames per second. 151, yeah, yeah. So at 151, when I push it to 50 watts, so the CPU is like gunning it. Like I'm, I'm pushing a lot of power. That's CPU only, right? So 50 watts, CPU only. <laughs> like, and a little bit so of that amazing. wasn't hooked. Yeah, that wasn't hooked up to your Oculink. It was. It was. Okay. I'm just saying power wise. But he's saying that the all the yeah all the power is going only to the CPU as opposed to splitting it between CPU yeah. and GPU like you would usually yeah. like in a portable. Because my Oculink GPU is powered yeah. by itself, oh. so I don't have to worry. Yes, about, that makes sense. Yeah, so the 4090 is like chewing up 300 watts or whatever, and my 8840U is chewing up 50 watts. But all together, it is a very low power solution. And um, I mean, at 151 FPS, I don't need that. I only need to hit 120 on my 4K monitor to have which is right. OLED VRR, which is great. So. I mean, I've been playing, like, I, I accidentally started playing a video game while I was benching. Like, I was like, oh, let me look at Returnal because it's brutal on GPU. And then I just started playing for, like, an hour. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> it's a good game. I shouldn't be That's playing right now. Uh, but, yeah, I was just yeah. having a really good time. And, uh, yeah, it's it's the best. It is the best. I love this whole situation that we have going on currently. That's amazing. I think the idea of of that sounds really fantastic. What was the fan noise like um, on that device? 
Yeah, no, you can't. You, uh, when you were pushing it at 50 watts, I, was it like? No, you can't. <sighs> no, the, I mean, I have it like two feet away from me. I could not really hear it. Also, my GTX 4090 alarmingly makes no sound. Like, it has three fans, and it's just going. But I, I hear my GPD Win Max over my 4090. My 4090 is just open, right? It's just That's literally crazy. sitting on my desk right there. And I can you can't hear it at all. It's like alarmingly great um so yeah i mean impressive there's lots lots of different things that you can do you could also just tone it down to only do 35 uh, watts on cpu and then you wouldn't hear anything whatsoever this is also like you know you i this is stock uh thermal paste that's on there so i can go to ptm which is much much better it's like the only thing i recommend at this point ptm uh 7950 this is a type of thermal paste it's technically like a sheet that you're putting on there but it's awesome stuff you can also apply it like really goofy you could mess it up, but because it will change to a liquid when it gets hot enough, it will kind of displace itself nice and will pump out whatever it needs to pump out. Uh, so you can apply this really sloppy and still get amazing results. Uh, it's the best thermal paste that there is. And, um, well, thermal paste, it's a sheet, but it's kind of expensive. Um, but it's great stuff. Uh, wholly recommend it. That's awesome. Um, we talked a lot about the Steam Deck. Uh, this like we mentioned it a bunch, but I I happened to be looking for topics to talk about, and I was on Rock Paper Shotgun. Did any of you guys open this? Because no. it said don't open this. No. Nope. Okay, yeah, make sure no. you're not looking because I don't know when I click on it if it's going to open for you. Okay. And I saw this poll. It said, "Do you own a Steam Deck?" Fifty thousand people answered this on Rock Paper Shotgun, and I want I want to know what percentage do you think people either had one or wanted to get one who who answered this poll on rock paper so, shotgun on rock paper shotgun I, what I, percentage of people either have one or wanted one i'm going to say it's very high i'm going to say it's very high on rock paper shotgun but i'm going to i'm going to i feel like i'm going to be surprised that a bunch of people are like hey, i would like one i think there will be more people who want one than have one more people I, yeah. who want one than have one. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it, but All right. the, you're asking for the total of want I, and and have. How about this? How many people don't want one? Oh, they don't have one. They don't want one. What percentage of people do you think that is? I don't know. I feel like that's less than fifty. It's got to be like no, like yeah. I'm thinking thirty-ish. Yeah, yeah, like thirty-ish okay. sounds good. That see, you guys yeah. are like right on. This surprised me. Only forty percent, or forty percent of people said that they don't want one and they don't have one, and other people were like nineteen percent said yes, I use it a lot. Twelve percent said yes, I use it occasionally. Twenty eight percent said no, but I want to get one. But the mm -hmm. idea that out of fifty thousand people on Rock Paper Shotgun, that only forty percent interesting said that they don't want one. Well, I think what surprised me is how many must actually be out there. Because, like, how many people are going to answer a poll on a website? Like, you, you know what I mean? So I was really impressed at how many must be out there. I expected way, the, like, the no, I don't want one to be way higher. Yeah. It is impressive. It is impressive. Really? And, I, yeah, and I think it says a lot about the about where it is right now. I saw uh, Mudahar, right? Like he was uh, some ordinary ga gamers, that YouTuber. Um, 
he was tweeting about how the Steam Deck's the best thing he's ever gotten. And some, you know, some people were like, oh, I like my ROG Ally better. And I'm like, that's also because they're both, we're talking yeah, about the same, same thing, thing yeah, exactly. right? Like we are right. talking about the same exact right. thing in terms of the experience, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I like my Acer notebook more. Yeah, right. you know, it's like the well, I like the Hewlett Packard if, or whatever. If, if that's know. the case, it's like uh, how many of you want to buy a laptop and how many of you don't want to buy a laptop? And it's like I don't want to buy a laptop. I only buy ASUS laptops. And like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait a second. But were you going to say something, Carrie? Yeah. So uh, it's weird to me. Now, the only reason I would say is so Rock Paper Shotgun is a PC website, PC gaming website, right? Yeah. Like, so for mm-hmm. me. The only reason that I could see that people would not be interested in getting a Steam Deck is because there is a, a PC game, you know, PC Master Race, right? Like, all of those people rock 4090s, you know, latest high-end stuff. That's what they do. They yeah. they go above and beyond, and they get the most extreme machine. And the Steam Deck is a compromise in a lot of areas that is the antithesis to PC gaming. Right, like yeah. it, it it plays games. It does them well enough, and it makes it easy to play games. There is like it is the counter to the elitism that is PC gaming, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's the only thing that I could see from that crowd is that they find it beneath them. That all goes to like a point at some point because eventually, I think we're going to get to an area where PC gaming handles, especially within the next year or two where like strict halo is coming out and a lot of people are going to be seeing that. And we're going to see really amazing stuff on low TDP at high TDP. And we're going to see really amazing uh, performance out of really low amounts of power. And I think that's going to change a lot of minds, but that's just, this is, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, forever now, right? Like we, I've been <laughs> making doom run on an Intel Atom. We, you know, make it look like a, a 3ds <laughs> version of the, doom 2016 <laughs> like what, what's the resolution on that oh uh 216 by 100 <laughs> like the most <laughs> silly resolution to run something at um but yeah you know it keeps on getting better and better and i feel like there is going to be a point where there's like well it runs at 60 fps and it looks really good and the convenience is there and it's always awesome and i i feel like that number it feels such like a weird thing to say to me. Like you would have to, the, I'm saying this too, too many words to just say that it feels like elitism is what is saying no to that poll. And that's it. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that all goes out the window. Once the steam deck can dock to a 4090 or something. And right. This is, this is your CPU and your GPU is the thing that you hook up to your TV. I think that you know, that changes things in a big way. I had a I had a crazy thought. Uh, this was so I was at CES, right? And so I went to the Lenovo. Like they they had like a room inside. It's a private room, and I had to like get an appointment, or whatever. But they had they were showing an external GPU solution that was one of those that you, like the Razer uh, one, the Chroma one, where you pull it out and you put your own GPU in, desktop GPU, right? It's a big old box, right? Oh, right. But it's customizable and Oculink. Right. And, and, and I said, this thing is amazing. Like, how much are you going to sell for it? We're not selling it. It's an accessory for this one laptop that has Oculic on it. Right. And I'm like, this is the dumbest idea ever. 
You just released the Nova Legion Go. Yeah. If you had put an Oculink on that, this could yeah. have been an accessory for that, and it would have appeased all of those gamers, right? To have that handheld that then becomes a 4090, right? Yeah. right? That, that was, you had it right there in your hands. And it's so funny because the one guy I was talking to that, that had the whole Oculink setup was not on the gaming side. So he's like, oh, that's for the gaming department. I'm like... <laughs> And then the gaming side, they're like, we're not talking about the Lenovo Legion Go. It's already released. We have nothing to say to you. And like, they literally like stopped me in the conversation. I'm like, you guys are in the same yeah. room and not yeah. talking to each other about this. And you have the solution right wow. here. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's one of those, those bigger companies. They sometimes don't put two and two together. And that was the solution was right there. And I had this thought like earlier today, actually, I was just like, man, they really screwed the pooch with that because they could have had right now an Oculink ready, big handheld at Best Buy with that eGPU and appeased everybody. That would have been insane. Yeah. And it has, shoot, I hit my microphone. Sorry about that. (laughs) It has a port right on the bottom. So you can dock it like a switch. You could just put it right in the front and that would, that would just be freaking fantastic. But. They're not yeah. thinking. They're, they're thinking in like it's. They're thinking in like checkers. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's still Uber. And we want and we want them to think in three dimensional chess. I I mean, I was the only <laughs> one talking about Oculink when it first came out, right? Like it was like the super Uber nerd type of territory, right? Like I'm I'm going to Super Buy and coupling together this nonsense rig to to make it happen. Mm. And uh, perhaps it's still Uber nerd tech, you know, area. I heard people talk about it. Uh, what was it? Um. When I first did the Xbox handheld video I did 10 months ago or whatever, I got invited to another Xbox podcast, and uh, there was a guy, uh, Everborn Saga, he he was like, man, he, they could do an external GPU. So even he was excited about that idea of, you know, docking to an external power uh, performance booster, right? There are right. lots of ways to slice that apple and make it so that it is consumer-friendly. Oculink isn't, right? Like, you can't just, like, oh, I'm going to disconnect this and like let me just hot plug this pcie slot is like oh my machine right. crashed. <laughs> like you know for a consumer facing yeah. device you need something that is going to be super hot pluggable and be able to survive that that abrupt interruption of like i'm playing a game like shrunk and it's like oh right yeah the switch kind of screwed us on yeah. that one yeah uh, yeah so yeah in that respect games that are docking when you're doing it you kind of want to have all those components running on the thing i'm not saying that it's not possible to do that scenario but there is a lot of stuff that is outside of oculink and outside of thunderbolt they're gonna have to do something that's way better are you are you suggesting that they handle that at the operating system layer and that maybe Windows should? So, uh, Thunderbolt does it, right? Thunderbolt does mm-hmm. it now. Uh, it handles it and it has uh, awareness of being able to disconnect itself. It, it does exist yeah. now. The only problem is that Thunderbolt, even Thunderbolt 3 and Thunderbolt 4 are garbage compared to Oculink. Now, right. Thunderbolt 5 is going to come out, but even the theoretical speeds of where that's at it's really just going to be approaching where Oculink is today. So they need to go to Thunderbolt 6, basically. Like, skip Thunderbolt 5, whatever you had planned, skip it. It's not good enough. Go to Thunderbolt 6, <laughs> uh, because that's where they need to be for this type of solution, because they need that raw bandwidth to go from those GPUs, because every GPU that you're going to go to right now, you're going to lose a significant portion of that power. Um, and that's like a... I mean, could you imagine... like? Would you buy a 4090 uh, for $1,600 and knowing that you're no. only going to get – would you buy a, a GPU for $500 and know that you're only going to get 65% of the value of it anytime you use it? Right. 
not at yeah, all right. So you, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's hurtful. Like when you when you're like, oh, I lost I lost sixty frames a second. Like, <laughs> oh, goodness, what am I doing here? Well, you know yeah. the the GPDG one does that really well because it has yeah. both Thunderbolt and right. Oculink. So you can kind of be like, all right, what, I don't got time to turn off my computer and power this thing down, then plug them in, then power them right. back up. I just need to plug it in and just do it for a little bit, and it's good enough in many yeah. ways. And yeah. So something like that might work, but again, that's complicated having two exactly. different ports and two different trains yeah, of thought. You need it to so. be switch level, right? You put it in, it works, and you just have some four year old just goes, I'm going, whoop, and just like you need it to <laughs> yeah. disconnect. And Thunderbolt does that, but there's a, a lot of compromises. So there's – I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying that there is a tremendous amount of work necessary to get that to be the level that we want it to be at. Well, I yeah. think I think the Nintendo – I think Nintendo could. Oh, yes. Like that's the company that could do that. They could – Yep. like because they control the hardware, they control the software, they're in charge of it. The only other company that I think can, do, can pull that off is Valve because they control the hardware. Valve could do it. They control the software. Yeah. Because everybody else has to deal with Windows. And Microsoft isn't going to, like, I don't want to say that they're not going to support these companies that try and do it. But Microsoft has so much, like, Windows has so many other things that they have to support. And when you introduce something like that in into the Windows workflow... It like a lot of times it'll break other things, and then they're like, "Well, I don't know how to. We can't. We can't manage all this stuff for your device." So no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I even think like even though Thunderbolt works uh, fairly like well, I don't. I have never tried Thunderbolt playing a game and then just ripping out the Thunderbolt connection and seeing what happens to the game. I'm pretty sure it's gonna crash. I'm yeah, I'm never reasonably never sure it would crash. The system would still yeah. be up right but the game would crash you're just like burp <laughs> your gpu just left <laughs> stage left yeah 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 that's yeah. A, interesting yeah it's a it's fascinating but interesting yeah uh we had some other stuff that we were going to talk about in the show we had some q a from people who had left comments on the uh youtube channel so if you leave comments we will talk about it but not today because it's been an hour <laughs> and 44 minutes already i apologize um I will say real quick before everybody tells us what videos they're working on, if you want to support the show and you want to get an ad-free experience, uh, then check out the Patreon. It's linked in the show notes. Carrie, what videos you got coming up? Uh, so right now I have two videos. I'm editing my Ambernick RG556 video today. Um, largely, there's like a lot of things to like about it. It finds itself in an interesting place in the landscape today. It's just the analog sticks let me down a lot compared to like the Retro Pocket 4 mm. uh, Pro. Um uh, so that video is coming out, and then I'm also going to finish up all the benchmarks for 8840U, my GPD-MX2 8840U. Uh, it's looking surprisingly great. And that's all we will Sorry. say about that because I want you to watch his video. But uh, I was we, like, we were surprised in the Discord. Russ, what have you been working on, man? Uh, so I just did a video about the what did I do? The Retro Pocket Four, so the non-Pro that released yesterday, uh, and it was in line with what I was thinking. You know, for one hundred fifty dollars, an excellent handheld, but for two hundred dollars, you can get the Pro version and get a lot more handheld. So that's my recommendation. Now I'm working on the iNeo Pocket S, and so this is uh, their next Android handheld. This is like total prototype. Like I have to send it back to them. I'm not allowed to show benchmarks. Like there's all sorts of stipulations with it. But at least I can say how it feels and whatnot. And it's really kind of neat. It is 
very close to like Carrie's idea of a phone with controls on it Drink. because it's got this very sleek <laughs> like feel to it you know it does uh, look really a nice full glass panel and but it has Nintendo Switch sticks and it has a very flat feel. It, to me, what I've been thinking is that this is a very sleek Nintendo Switch Lite is what it feels like. So, do we, anyway. okay. I know they haven't announced it, but do we have like, has there been any like indication as to where they're going with price? Nope. So they said yeah. in April they will have a like uh, a news event about it. Like that's okay. how far away wow. they are at this point. And for and in Ioneo terms, that's like you know <laughs> yeah. an entire generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 two months out. That's age from of even announcing the price. <laughs> right. Yeah, and no so, kidding. And they've been working on this since last year. They've been trying to undercut the Odin two. Like every time the Odin two has something, they're like, "Well, we've got this thing we're working on." You know. So that's yeah. specifically what they're looking at in terms of that target, I think. But I can't imagine uh, that it's going to be able to compete on price. It also does not have an LTE module, which I think would have been a really thing like to push it a lot further towards that phone concept. Yeah. No, no module, at least in my one. So, yeah. Rich, what are you working on, man? I'm working on my review for the Ioneo Flip KB. That is almost done. I did encounter some like QC kind of issues. So I'm, I'm disclose all of those. Um, but I'm hopeful because usually I haven't really run into that with Ioneo very much. So I'm hoping that this is just a really early sample. I know that they said they're still working on the hinge. They're still working on the speakers, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that review should be up, uh, if not tomorrow, probably the next day. Awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you to everybody for hanging out with us for almost two hours. I think that this is the longest episode that we've had yet. And it was a really fun conversation. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. And until, until next time, stay awesome, everybody. Bye-bye.